So last week, we, um, we talked about the name of Jesus, um, and we talked about all that that kind of encompasses. Uh, if you missed last week, it is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, our website, um, and so you can go back and, and listen to it. it to me, it was, it was one of my favorite messages to prepare for and get into study and, and know the name of Jesus in a unique and different way. Um, this week, we're going to look at that uh, scripture that is kind of the root scripture for this series, which is the Isaiah 9 scripture. And we're going to go over those four names, four titles that Jesus has given in Isaiah 9. And so first, let's look at Isaiah 9, uh, uh, chapter 9, verse 6, and it says this, for unto us a child is born, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting God, Father, Prince of Peace. Um, Now, in context of, of this Isaiah chapter, um, on Christmas Eve, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. And I'm going to look at the, the very first part of Isaiah 9, because you'll understand a little bit of, of what the Jewish people were thinking when they hear Isaiah prophesy this. Uh, many times, if, you, if you've read the Old Testament, um, you know many times the, the Jewish people were held in uh, slavery. They were beaten by armies. And so they, they had this constant up and down uh, for their whole existence of freedom and then enslavement, freedom and then enslavement, uh, mixing with other uh, cultures. And, and, and so then they get this prophecy of this king that is going to come and take over. And just like, I guess the best way I can equate it to it is, is when I look at American politics and how fickle we are with our own politics and how um, extreme we can be with some of our own politics, that we expect a savior sitting in a White House to make things better. Um, by the way, <laughs> I don't put my trust in any one man that much. Um, and I sure don't think that some guy sitting in a big white house has the power to change my life completely the way that people think. And so when they hell hold Trump or Biden or any other president uh, as their king, and when you see them freaking out and willing to commit violent acts for them, it, it just amazes me. But this is, is almost the idea that Jewish people had when they thought about the Savior coming. The Savior was going to come in on a mighty capability and overtake the Roman uh, uh, authority of that time when Jesus showed up. For, for Isaiah, it, would have, it could have been the Babylonians or any one of the other uh, groups that was overtaking them at that point. They wanted somebody to come in in power and authority, and they hear this scripture, and that's what they think is going to happen. I mean, wouldn't you, if, you, if somebody said, church, Arise, somebody is going to come and take uh, ownership and leadership and the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We would think, yes, there's somebody that is coming that is going to control and own this environment. They're going to flip society on its, on its head. And though Jesus did just that, He did it in a way that was contrary to how they had it in their brain, and all of Israel pretty much missed it. So 
Real quick side note to this. Um, some translations in Isaiah 9 will have, uh, break it down into five titles instead of four. So some translations you read will say wonderful, comma, counselor, comma, okay? Um, a good majority have it the way that we read it today, which is wonderful counselor, comma. Uh, so don't get tripped up on that because either way, God is wonderful, amen? Like no matter how you cut it, whether you put a comma behind wonderful or you let it rock as wonderful counselor, comma, either way, God is wonderful. Jesus is a wonderful God and loves us and he wants us to, to see his goodness and, and his character. So I'm gonna break down the first two this morning. And, and as always, I, you know, my goal is not just to give you knowledge and to give you something from the Bible, but is to give you something from the Bible and give you something to apply it so that you can work through it uh, through your week, whether it's a thought process or maybe something that hits in a way that is so practical to your life. So the first one we've got in this, this list of names, this list of characters that, that Jesus will be coming in from Isaiah 9 is Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful counselor. Look at Psalms 32.8. Look what it says. It says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. This is a promise of God. This isn't just a, a good sounding statement. This isn't just something that might happen. This is God speaking to all of his people, everybody that chooses him, chooses to follow him. He is saying, I'm going to guide you along the best pathway, not just a pathway, not just some pathway, not just the pathway that you choose. Just get on any pathway of life and I'm going to guide you down it. No, he says, if you follow me, if you, if you, if you walk with me, then as, my, as the promise is your Lord, I'm going to guide you on the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and I will watch over you. I love what Charles Spurgeon said, and it was too long to put in all sorts of quotes like I normally do, but he says this in a, in a message that he's speaking on this very topic. He says, it was by, and this, listen, when I read this, I was like, it was like one of those moments for me. Maybe it won't be for you, but for me, it was like, oh, wow, that's so good. He says, it was by a counselor that this world was ruined. Did not Satan mask himself in the serpent and counsel the woman with exceeding craftiness that she should take unto herself of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the hope that thereby she should be as God? Was it not that evil counsel which provoked our mother to rebel against her maker? And did it not as effect of sin bring death into the world with all of its train of woes? Ah, beloved, it was meant that the world should have a counselor to restore it. If it had a counselor to destroy it, it was, a counsel, it was by counsel that it fell and certainly without counsel, it would never could, it could never be risen. When I read that, I was like, wow. What? I've never thought of it that way. That the, that, the, that the serpent, the enemy, came at the very beginning of the book, at the very beginning of time, and he counseled Adam and Eve. He gave them advice. Now, nowhere does it say that a counselor has to be good or bad. It just says they counseled. And the serpent comes and he says, don't you know, God doesn't want you to eat of that tree because you'll become like him. 
And how many times in our life does the enemy come through bad advice, through bad relationships, through social media, through negative thoughts, and he starts to plant negative counsel in our life that we start to believe? Don't you know that if you just lived your own life, you're going to end up wherever you're going to end up? Don't you know all pathways lead to heaven? It's just a lie. All, all religion is just a, it's, it's just a trap of humanity so that man can have power over one another. Just live your life. You'll end up getting where you get. Or the ultimate lie of none of it really matters. There is no afterlife. So just do you. Just, just do whatever you want. Live whatever, you got one life, live it up. Have, have a blast, do whatever you, listen, it's your life. I love, I love the one that says, only God can judge me. I think that's a lie. Bible says I've got the right to judge you. Now, the question is what kind of judgment? Just like what kind of advice, what kind of counselor? Because the Bible says that holy judgment is good. Right? When, when, if, if Junior has invited me into his life and, and I see him walking down a path that is not good and godly, it is my job as his brother and his pastor to say, Junior, check it out, bro. You're making some decisions I don't think are wise. That's judgment. And the effect of that is good counsel. And so when we get to the, the when we get to God and when we get to this world, we go, well, yeah, but no, every day we are being counseled with good and bad stuff. And the question is, what are we listening to and how are we taking it in? Because this world was ruined by counsel. And Jesus came to be the wonderful counselor that would save it and bring salvation to everybody. Look at look at what that word counselor means. It means one who gives advice. That's all it means. One who gives advice. How many have ever given advice to somebody in their life? Anybody in the room giving advice to somebody? All right, you are a counselor. Maybe not a trained counselor. Maybe not a good counselor. Once again, none of this is the, listen, counselor is just a, a, a describing word of something you do. You give advice. Whether it's good or bad is, is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> right? So to be called good counselor, wonderful counselor, that means something good is going to be born of that advice that is good. So you look at what the word counsel means. It says advice given, especially as a result of consultation. Yeah, that's where we start to get into the professionals, right? Okay. But I like the, the second part of this, a policy or plan of action or behavior. Advice should come with action. And so many times we just want somebody to speak good, fluffy thoughts into our world that don't actually change us, that don't actually stir us to, to walk into a, a, a plan of action for our life. Man, just, just give me the God is good uh, line and let me rock on, right? Oh, I'm going through it. It's okay. God is good. Yeah, don't know what that means. God is good. I mean, how many have ever heard one of those, and listen, none of them are wrong by any stretch of the imagination, but how many have ever heard of one of those just, you know, those general quotes that we throw out there as Christians, and you go, 
how does this apply? God can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I don't know how that pays the bills. I don't know how that helps me with my coworker that constantly is lying about me. And so they sound good, but they're not effective because there's no actual plan of action. Like if you're going to give me a God is good, then you better give me a follow-up with God is good. And and this is what the word of God says to help you in your circumstances. If you're going to give me a a, a line like uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, then you better give me how I can get strength in my weak moments because if it's just a cute sentence, I don't know how to put it into action. Wonderful counselor did not come so that you could put cute little Bible sayings on a, on a thing that you hang on your wall or a t-shirt and have no clue how to actually live it out. And that's the goal. The wonderful counselor so that you could live it out. So the counselor is someone who gives advice with a plan of action or behavior. But God comes so that he can give you your best pathway of life by following the advice of Jesus. Listen to me, this is not just a once and done thing, right? Um, so many people, not so many people, uh, there is a, a variation of, of theology, of, of study of God's word that says uh, this, once saved, always saved. Anybody ever heard that statement? Um, you know, once saved, always saved. That, that, that if you are saved, there's no way to not go to heaven. But <laughs> there's so many scriptures that, that don't back that up. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That does not sound like a one and done moment. That is a daily. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to ask God to walk in his presence, to walk in his goodness, to walk in his wonderful counsel so that when I, in my natural, because listen, let's just be real. We don't act godly on our own. Amen? And can we set that standard out like the, like? There's not one of you in here that is perfect. Not one of us. Absolutely. If it was, um, you know, then, then y'all should have the microphone and not me. None of us are perfect. And the reality is, is without waking up daily and working out our salvation and asking the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and guide and lead us and give us the advice daily that we need, we would insert foot into our mouth. We would do something stupid. We would say something stupid. We would get angry and react. We would get jealous and petty and say something because that is human nature. That is sin nature in us. And so we have to go and we have to ask for the wonderful counselor, not just a counselor. Daily. John 14, 15 through 18, it says, if you love me, this is Jesus speaking, okay? So, so I mean, almost close your eyes and think of it. You're sitting around a fire with Jesus, right? How cool would that be, first of all, foremost, Right? I want to go camping with Jesus. And, 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 and maybe this is just where my two squirrels playing ping pongs go, okay? But, like, I just think, like, how cool would it be? Because you know that, like, Jesus cut up. Like, I think we think of him as holy, and he followed around with a little halo on his head and all that stuff. I think Jesus cut up around the fire. That He was, he was still godly. He was still holy. But, I mean, I would have loved to hear a Jesus joke. You know what I mean? Um, but he, he's sitting around the fire with his guys, and he says, if you love me, You will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, 
for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. This is Jesus speaking. He says, listen, I, if, you want, if you want to live for me, if you really love me, right, then I need you to do the things that you know to do, the things that I'm telling you to do. I'm telling you to follow the, 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 the things that are good for you, the, the rules and the, the rights and, and all the things that I've laid out and all the things that the word of God states are good and holy and righteous and perfect for his people. I need you to do those things if you love me. And if you do that, if you follow me, not perfectly, okay, you know, because I think sometimes when we think this, we go, yeah, but I make mistakes. Okay, cool, make mistakes. But if you follow him with that kind of heart, with that kind of purpose, then when we do that, he promises another counselor is what that word, an advocate who will live not just around you, but it says that he'll live with us and will be in us. Jesus promises this counsel, this Holy Spirit will help us daily live our lives out for the glory of God, to live our lives with the right mindset, with the right words, with the right heart. But that statement, if you love me, is so powerful. If you're a parent in the room, you understand that you do a lot for your children out of love. And, and you don't ask for a whole lot in return. I, you know, I don't think that, as a, as a child, I didn't realize it all that often. Like, I'm like, oh, the rules, right? Because you do. I mean, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, my parents' rules were horrendous and these curfews and this and that and blah, 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 blah. And I didn't realize that really what I disdained was what a lot of my friends wanted because they didn't have it in their own home. They didn't have structure. They didn't have uh, somebody to care for them. Didn't have somebody that said, you know, I worry, so therefore I put these, these, these parameters around you so that you'll be safe until you can do it on your own. And that's what Jesus, that's what Jesus is here saying. He says, listen, if you love me, you're going to notice my parameters are not to harm you, but for good. They're not to make you go, oh, suck the fun out of everything, Jesus. No, it's to enhance the, the joys of life without all the struggles and without all the worries but you have to, he says, if you love me, you'll have to keep these. You'll have to follow me. And when you do that, that helper, that advocate, that counselor is going to be with you every day. And he's going to be speaking the words of the father over you. And he's going to be speaking good advice into you. And he's going to walk with you daily. You have the living God, the wonderful counselor dwelling in you when you show your love by living out his commandments. I mean, can we stop and think about this? This is why Jesus says that greater things you will do. I mean, sometimes I think we read the Bible and we just overlook how powerful words are. Greater, like, have you ever read the, the New Testament and like Jesus is like healing people and you're like, that's really cool. And then he says, greater things you will do than I've done. <laughs> what? Now, I've seen some healings. I've seen some healings. I've, I've been in, 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 in moments where we're praying for somebody and God heals them. I've been uh, where, where you know, they say that cancer is going to take their life and it doesn't. I've, I've seen those moments. 
But I've never walked up to a person who, you know, when the Bible says lame, it normally means either like they're missing something <laughs> or they can't use it, right? It's like turned in, it's unusable. I've never walked up to somebody and prayed for them and watched their arm grow back. You know, I've never, you know, I've never done any of that. And yet Jesus says that the same power that lived in him, that same power lives in us. So what is the detachment between how Jesus lived and, and before anybody, well, he was God. The same spirit that lives in me lives in you. I don't know how we can get any clearer than that. Yes, he was fully God and fully man. But he showed us how to fully live as human with the power of God in him. And, and he says, listen, that same power is in you. The question is, are we seeking the advice of the good counselor? Because, oh, bad advice will say, you don't have that power. You don't have that power to heal. You don't. You're right. Jesus does. And he said he's in you. You don't have that power to speak life. You're right. But Jesus does, and he's in me. You don't have the power to, to, to build and, and, and regroup relationships. You're right. But through good counsel in the holy book, I can speak life into people's marriages, into people's relationships. I can speak life into how they, uh, their work ethic. I can speak life into their, how they parent. I can speak life into their daily things, their struggles, their finances. I can, not because I am, but because he is. He is in me. When I follow the, the wonderful good counselor, that spirit is living in me. Wonderful counselor. Then he says, he's the mighty God. I want you to think about what we think of mighty, right? We've never, you know, like gladiator, right? That's, that's mighty. Mel Gibson in like the Patriot or Braveheart, that's mighty. Throwing an ax through somebody's forehead, that's powerful, Right? This, exactly, all right, mm. like, you know, every, every man wants to be that guy, you know, it's hunting season, like, you know, you want to run through the, 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 the woods, you know, you don't want to shoot a deer from a stand, you want to run through the woods, and you want to jump on the deer's back, and you want to slash it, and be like, ha ha, I am man. Some of you are like, I want nothing to do with that, okay? But we, like, we think of mighty, we don't think of humility, we don't think of sometimes passive. These are not words that you would think of when you think of, of mighty. And that's not the picture that the Israelites had either. See, to me, this is a constant reminder that though Jesus walked as a humble human, he reigns with power. He had both in him. Not human prideful power, but godly, wise, and compassionate power. Look at Job 36, 5. It says, God is mighty, but he does not despise anyone. He is mighty in both power, and I love this, and in understanding. It goes back to that wonderful counselor, that mighty God isn't mighty in the sense of I can, he knows that, you know, the real Thanos, okay, God in heaven could snap his fingers and we would all be gone. But he's not just mighty in power with an ego trip. He's mighty in power, knowing that he has the capability, but also being compassionate over the, those that he's created. 
Because his goal isn't power, it's relationship. It's you and me having a real relationship with God the Father. God is able to move in both power and counsel. Why? Because his motives are holy and for the good of his creation. His power isn't an ego trip, but a redemption plan, bound by justice and righteousness, mercy and grace. And that's why there is conviction. That's why there is, like, listen, one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, whether you like it or not, whether you believe or not, whether you uh, agree or not, every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Every knee will bow at his reign. You won't have a say in it. There isn't a muscle strong enough in your body. You know, you can get to heaven and be like, I'm not going down. Watch. <laughs> That'll be the mighty in power. And I don't want to be on the wrong side of that. And I don't want my friends and family to be on the wrong side of that because I was too weak and feeble and not bold enough to live my life with mighty power. Same mighty power that God has. The same uh, counsel that God has. Look at Psalms 94, 22. It says, but the Lord is my fortress. My God is the mighty rock where I hide. He is both mighty in defeating his enemies, but he is also mighty in protecting his children. Sometimes the reason why we get off track is because we want to do things our own way. I know, shocker, none of us in here, okay? None of us. You all do the right thing. When God speaks, you listen and follow. But for everybody else, sometimes they need protection from the decisions that they walk through. And that's why he says, if you, if you follow me down my path, it'll be the best pathway that you have. And sometimes along the pathway, there needs to be a hiding place because you're in, you can't defeat your enemies, but I can. You can't handle this on your own. You can't do this on your own. There's not a, there's not a, 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 a bone and a fiber and a thought and a, and a spirit inside of you that is strong enough to beat some of the battles that only I can handle for you. We've got to humble ourselves and, and go to prayer and not just try to man up and push through sometimes. The biggest problem sometimes that we face is that we don't stop and pay attention to God. We just keep pushing through life. I'm still standing. I'm still fighting. Well, maybe sometimes you need to get in the, 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 the hiding place of your God and allow him to fight for you. Maybe you need to get in your prayer closet a little bit more and say, God, I can't handle this, but I know that you can. I may not be able to walk through this on my own, but I know that, yes, with my God, I can. Because he is mighty and powerful, and he's going to give me wise counsel. He's going to advise me on the steps and the decisions that I need to make if I'm patient and I walk with him. The cool, the cool part of all this is, uh, as I've been saying over and over again, is that we now live with the same power in us. Look at Ephesians 3.20. It says, now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within who? Us. To accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Your thought process isn't big enough for God. I'm going to let that settle for a moment. Your dreams aren't big enough for God. There's nothing that scares him. There's not a thought that's too wild for him. 
There's not a thing that you've walked through that, 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 that scares him away, that alarms him. It says that in his mighty power, not working just in him, but working in us, his mighty power in you. He can do more than you could ever dream or imagine. First Peter 5, 6 through 9. Kind of as a, a follow-up to that is, so humble yourselves. <laughs> like that's, that, it's great advice. If you want God's mighty power in you, how do you do that? Humble yourself under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God. There should be an exclamation, not a comma there. They messed up. Give all your worries and cares to God. Period, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Why? Because we are so busy walking around this world, trying to do everything on our own, getting overwhelmed and over anxious and over uh, everything, over emotional. And we, and then we, then we, call, you know, we we fall and we go, I just broke it. God's going, stop. You're broken because you're trying to do it on your own. You're broken because you are making decisions and not allowing me to. You're broken because you haven't allowed me to, for you to walk in my mighty power. You've allowed the voice of the enemy and the voice of the world and social media and your friends to, to tell you what you are or not, what you can and cannot do instead of the voice of the almighty God speaking into your life. Give all your worries and cares to God for why? Because he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for the great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. God's power at work with us to do more than we could ask or think for what? His purpose, to show others his love, his kindness, his power, and his glory. And you have the spirit of the living God in you. The next time you face a struggle, maybe you need to speak to your struggle that the mighty God lives inside of you. Can I tell you words are important? Words are important. Like what you say, not just to other people, but what you say to yourself is powerful. When you tell yourself, I can't do this, and you call yourself a follower of God, what you're telling God is, you can't do this, God. Now, there's nothing that God can't handle. There's not one thing in your life. I don't care if you've got negative $100 in your bank account. There's nothing that God cannot handle. Now, it doesn't mean that magically money enters into your bank account. I think sometimes as pastors and preachers, people get way too uh, generous with this idea of, of this generous God. Like, no, you have to have a work ethic. You have to go out and you have to earn it. Like, magic money doesn't show up. I wish. I'd be like, listen, I'd give God my bank account, okay? This would be great. But that comes back to the wise counsel. God, I don't know how I'm going to make a way. And then you go and you pray, and God says, okay, here's what we're going to do. And then you go, I don't like that way. God didn't ask if you liked it. He just said, here's how we're going to get out of this. Here's how we're going to do this. I didn't like it when, when COVID hit at all, <laughs> right? Start a church, be one year into it. You're rock and rolling. Everything's going good. And then COVID hits, and it just wipes the church out. 
right? And, 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 I'm, and, and we're sitting back and we're thinking, God, okay, what do we do? We're just going to keep plugging along. We're going to keep doing what God has called us to do. We're going to keep reaching this community. We're going we're to partner with the people that have stuck around and, and done this. And we're going to link arms and we are going to continue to do what God has called us to do, which is to be the light to a dark world. And so we're just going to keep doing that. But it didn't make it easy. It hasn't made it easy. It hasn't. It wasn't easy that November night when I looked at our bank account at the church and I said, whoa, well, can't pay me next month. God, what are we going to do? Freak out mode. But see, the problem is if I would have tried to fix it on my own, I would have ended up screwing up so much more. So what do I do? Allow my emotions to get the best of me. Maybe go out and make some bad choices. No, go upstairs, crawl into bed, not in a depressed mood, <laughs> just crawl into bed. I throw worship music on and I pray. God, you know, you knew, you, you, you called us here. You knew that COVID was going to happen before we ever came. I wish you would have told me. Would have been great. Maybe we would have had a different plan like a year later, but God knew what we needed to do. He knew the season that we needed to walk through. And so we walked through it. I said, God, I, I, don't, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know how we're going to make this happen. But here's what I do know. I trust you. I put my faith in you. And so God, whether it's tonight, tomorrow morning, or sometime in the near future, I know that I'm going to lean into your wise counsel. I'm going to walk in your power because you have called us here. Stay up there. And the next morning, guess what? I woke up and everything was fixed. No. But I did wake up and I knew that everything was fixed. It wasn't the way I wanted it to be. After 15 plus years of full-time ministry, I went into the uh, bivocational world. It's crazy and I don't like it, but it is what it is. And I can say that without it being a pity party. I can say, I don't like it and I know it's God's plan. You can say that. I don't like this, God, but I will trust you and walk in your power and in your plan because I know that at the end of the day, it's going to be good for me. You have the spirit of the living God in you, and when you seek him, he is going to walk you through everything in life. So stop living at a lower than your status of a child of the Most High King. These names that he, he has in Isaiah, wonderful counselor, mighty God, these are the same things that Jesus says that, that listen, as, as I am, you are adopted in. I want you to think about that. If you were adopted into a family that had millions, would you walk around acting like you're poor? Heck no. I don't know about y'all, but I like stuff. I don't live for stuff, but I like it. So if I had the means to buy it, I would, right? Like I have no qualms. I save up money and I buy, I'm going to buy something nice, okay? I, listen, there's no qualms in buying nice things as long as you are in line with God's will and God's plan and God's uh, ability with your finances, that giving and, and, and having a heart of generosity. But God's okay if you have things. And he's also okay if you don't have things. Like he's okay either way. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't walk around in raggedy clothes if you were the, the son of a millionaire or a daughter of a millionaire. 
So why do we walk around defeated and broken and bruised and let down and emotionally wrecked and spiritually drained when we are the sons and daughters of the Most High King? Why? Because we have not believed it. We believe it up here, but we haven't believed it in here. We don't walk with that boldness that my God is the God that can do all things. My God is the one that has called me, saved me, redeemed me, and has given me a purpose for living. Stop living at, your lower, at a lower status and start living as a child of the king. I'll end with this. My last thought is this. We have to live in trust. Somebody posted to uh, Facebook this, I don't know, this little reel that had this scripture, and I was like, ooh, that's really good. It was Isaiah 40. They just posted 31, but I feel like in context it reads better. Uh, so 25 to 31 says this. To whom will you compare me? I love that question. Like, who would you compare God to? Like, and, and, and here's the thing. I think that if you ask that question and you think on it, you, you go, wow, there's nobody like God. Then why do we live like there's others that are like God? We give social media the same ability to speak life into us and death into us as we do God. Some of you more than God. Some of us allow addictions to speak more into us than we do allow God to speak into us. Some of us let a bad or good relationship become God over God. So who do you compare him to? Who is my equal? Asked the Holy One. Look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? I love this part. He brings them out like an army, one after another. What? Calling each by name. How cool is that God named the stars? I just think about like, go out, go out tonight if it's a clear night. Just look up. Try to count them, let alone name them. Steve, Bob, Susie. Like, he names the stars. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. He knows where every star should be. Oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak and, or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. Goes back to that council again. Verse 29, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who, what? Trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on eagles' wings. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And the Bible is very clear that the difference between falling in and out of spiritual depravity and falling in and out of love with God is whether or not you walk in trust. Because the moments of weakness spiritually is the moments typically that we look back and we go, I've stopped trusting God in this. I've stopped trusting God in my finances. I stopped trusting God in how I parent my kids. I stopped trusting God in my, my marriage or my relationship. I stopped, stopped trusting God at my work, and I just do whatever I want, and I check in and out at, from 8 to 5, and then from 5 to 8, I'm a Christian and I love Jesus, but at work, I just quietly go about. I check, it, I check out at school, 
because I don't want to be harassed and I don't want to be made fun of and I don't want to be the, the different kid. God says, I give strength to the weak. I give power to the, the powerless. When you trust, you won't be weary. You won't find, you, you may, listen, you may still walk through circumstances, but you won't be worn out. I love that thought. You may physically be worn out. You may need a nap. Spiritually, you will always have that strength inside of you. So there's, a, there's that difference. I think some people go, Pastor, you don't understand. Oh, just, I'm, I'm just, I'm tired. Then take a nap. If you want biblical application, take a nap. Jesus napped in the boat in the middle of the, uh, 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 of the storm. What did he do? Went downstairs, took a nap. While everybody else was running around frantic, running around frantic trying to fix the problem. We're going to drown water. Oh, God, what do we do? Ah, ah. And they get to Jesus, and he is just sleeping like a baby. And he's like, don't you care about us? And he's like, look, you woke me up. He says a few words. The storms stop, and he's like, now leave me alone and let me go back to my nap. Sometimes you have to realize the best thing that you can do is just take a spiritual break. Go take a nap. Go read a book refresh, get your mind off of what you're walking through and start getting your mind focused back on Jesus so that the strength of God can renew you. Those who trust will find strength. Anna, you can come up. Trust comes with complete surrender and daily commitment. Trust comes with surrender and commitment. Think about anything that you've made a commitment to, to, to put trust in. It came with surrender. I'm not the only one involved. We've got a couple of Prager ladies here, right? You know, listen, you've completely surrendered to this little child monster that's going to rule your life for the rest of your world. And every mother and father in this room Amen's that. Love them to death. But listen, they're like Stitch, okay? Ohana and his family. <laughs> but you surrender your will when you become a parent. I can't speak as a female, obviously. <laughs> I'm a male. Can't speak as a mom. But talking to plenty of them, okay, one of the hardest things is that they get through this season of life where the kid is no longer dependent on them every needy moment, but they're not able to do it on their own quite yet. They don't know what their purpose is. Dads were a little different. <laughs> when you feed yourself, cool. Go feed yourself. Some clothes on. Act right. I love you. Let's go throw the ball. Okay, you know, move on. Moms, y'all think differently. Y'all act, you respond differently. Many, many of moms that I've talked to where they say, I, I, 
I've lost my purpose in this, this in-between time where they don't need me every waking moment and we let them go. And then that's a whole nother season of, of issues when you let them go. And with God, it's no different because we have that salvation moment where, man, we, oh my gosh, like that, that, that very first, like when you first get saved, you are just hungry. I need all of Jesus that I can get. I need all of God's word that I can get. I Listen, I forsook, you know, I, I, all of my friends walked away from me. I had to make new friends. There's so many things that happened in my life that, that I was so dependent on Jesus. And then you start to get it down, right? Like, oh, I just need to pray a little bit, a little devotion, I, you know. And, and, and so there's that, there's that in between from, from season to season where you're like, okay, God, where are you? Trust comes with surrenderment, not just of all the bad things, but even the will of you to do the good things because he has greater for you. God, I will surrender all of my life at the foot of the cross so that I can walk in trust. God, I will commit my ways to you and not just what feels good and what feels right so that I can hear your wise counsel and I can live in your power and purpose. I will daily seek you. I'll daily worship you. I will put good people around me so that I have wise counsel that loves you. I'll end with that, that question that Isaiah started with. Who will you compare him to? Or let me ask you this. Who has your ear? Who and what do you allow to counsel you? And does it line up with God's word? Maybe this week, as you go through your week, you need to sit and ponder that question. Who has my ear? Who do I listen to the most? Who, who, who or what gives me the advice that guides and leads my life? And if it's not God and if it's not godly, then maybe there's some tweaks that need to happen. And what better time than the end of a, a season, an end of a year, than to say, God, here's the things that I'm going to let go and I'm going to sacrifice for the greater good of living in your purpose and your plan for my life. How do you want 2024 to look? Well, you need to start now. This Christmas season, Reopen the greatest gift there is to mankind, the word of God, which breathes the very breath and words of God into our lives and allows us to have counsel and build a mighty spirit within us. You're not waking up every morning and praying that the Holy Spirit would guide and lead you, give you strength, give you boldness. Caleb was telling us about uh, just being at the gym this week. He was literally telling you about it this morning and about how, you know, Jim bros, me, lift weight, eat protein, and how they act. He says every now and then he'll just kind of like throw scripture out and hopes it sticks and, you know, whatever. Once turned, one, it turned into a, an hour-long conversation where he wanted to be involved in a Bible study. You never know when that moment of boldness will change somebody's life. That's the goal of the church. It's not to just gather and sing some songs, hear some guys speak too long and, and whatever. 
It is literally the whole goal of gathering is so that inside we gather the strength of our spirit, who is Jesus, who is the Holy Spirit, to live a life out there that is impacting people out there, that are dying out there, that need Jesus out there. Draw them to the goodness of God and invite them into the family. Wonderful counselor, mighty God. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you. First and foremost, that your name is great and greatly to be praised. Father, that, that, that within that name holds so much. And yet, you leave it to us to be tapped into the potential of all that your name and all that your spirit gives us. Holy Father, help us not to just pass by this season of busy and rush and family and buying and this and that, to not stop and ponder what it is really all about and where we are at so that we line up in your will. Wonderful counselor, good advice giver, biblical counselor, Holy Spirit, speak into our lives. I pray that you would give us the best pathway, your best pathway, that we would lean our ear to your advice. God, that we would shut the noise of this world off. We wouldn't allow that to be what gets our ear and builds our spirit. And that God, secondly, we would also recognize that we are a child of the King. And with that comes the same characteristics and abilities that you have, Jesus, that we can live in power and we can live in the capabilities of changing the world around us when we have that boldness. I pray, God, that you would give us opportunity over this next few weeks as 2023 comes to a wrap, that we would speak life to people. We would speak your life to people. That, God, we would invite them to church and we would invite them to lunch and just speak and talk and talk about life and then we would interject you into all of it. And lastly, God, that all of this means nothing if we don't trust you because without trust, we don't actually get to walk in purpose and in strength. I pray that over each and every one of us we would go and we would grow in our spirit. We love you. Thank you. Give you glory and honor. In your name we pray. Amen. I hope you have a good day. 